Welcome to Your Highness Podcast, a show where we get comfortable with the uncomfortable, uncover areas of cannabis where accessibility and inclusiveness are lacking, and elevate conversations about ways to affect real change in this space. The segment you're about to listen to is called Where the Tarot Card Turns, and it's a new ongoing segment featuring Diana, me, Diana, your host of Your Highness Podcast, and Maggie Wilson, the host of Metaphysical AF and a deep friend of the podcast. She has been a guest many times in the past. This segment can also be found on Metaphysical AF in the future. There will be more questions And there will be a lot to learn, and it will be a lot of fun. And if you have anything that you want to learn in this segment, please submit your questions to yourhighnesspodcast at gmail.com. I hope you enjoy the segment. All right, and we're off. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being here, Diana, and creating this new little thing that we're going to talk about today. Thank you for having me. So I'm going to go right into the questions, if you're okay with that. So for someone like me, an ex-evangelist, I saw that on Twitter. I think that means that you just like left the megachurch. Or someone who grew up with the influence of the toxic megachurch culture, who is doing everything possible to distance themselves from that. Manifestations are difficult. They feel like prayers. And I know in one way or another, they are. So what would you tell someone like me about incorporating manifesting Mm. into their life? This is, I love this question. I love the way that you really made it. Uh, There's really this framework. And I came from uh, the Jehovah's Witness organization as well. Not so much a mega church, but very much that like toxic culture of religion and um, disguised spirituality. And for me, I had a really, really hard time with manifestations and affirmations because I felt I they do feel like prayers. And like you said, to some extent, they are. But for someone that's having an issue incorporating manifesting into your life, I would just say to really kind of try to distance yourself from the label manifesting or the label that it's a prayer. Really kind of just focus on your desire or what it is that you want or specifically what it is you don't want. Mm so that you don't feel like you're asking permission from someone or something. Uh, it's, it's really hard to separate yourself from thinking you don't have control over the things that, you know, we really want to have control in our lives, but sometimes uh, it's really hard to, right. to realize that we, we, <laughs> we aren't the ones that are in control sometimes. Working um, on that in therapy but- every week. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, and I feel like there, I I just definitely want to say you're definitely not alone 
in this uh, scenario because I feel like there are a lot, there's a huge influx of people coming to um, metaphysics and tarot and manifestation. Manifestation is such a buzzword right now. Everybody is like, let me help you manifest your life. And it's like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Like, what does that actually mean to manifest or to incorporate manifesting? And a lot of the times it's really just like, being clear, being really focused on this is what I want in my life and this is what I've got and this is what's really not working. And then telling yourself, really just creating a new thought pattern. I think one of my favorite sayings is from Abraham Hicks, from Esther Hicks saying, a belief is a thought you only continue to think. So if you believe that prayers don't work, or that, you know, no one's here to help you, then you're going to continue to think that thought and it will become, it will become solidified as a belief. So if we believe that prayer doesn't work, manifestation doesn't work, or we don't even really understand what it is, then we're kind of reinforcing these beliefs that the, that the church culture installed in us. There's only one way to reach salvation. You have to go through someone else to get it, or you know, you have to go through something else to achieve what it is you want. Um, I would really say that incorporating manifesting into your life is really focusing and taking control on your own thoughts and not just running... Uh, on autopilot, which is extremely hard to do. It's not yes. just like, all right, stop being on autopilot. <laughs> right. It's a lot of work. It is. It's a lot of work. That's why we're, that's why we're put in the church at such a small age, because our brains can latch on to these programs and they become instilled in us. And we grow up and we're like, oh, I don't really like this or I don't really think like that. How long have I been running this program? Uh, and we start to really break down those walls. And manifesting can really help with that in the way that it's like, just try to manifest something little. Like try to manifest uh, an animal or a bird to just like show up to your house or something really simple that something so simple that the cynic in you wants it to not be credible. Like that's how you can really get into, uh, I don't want to say questioning. The, uh, the word I'm looking for is uh, kind of confirming your manifestations. Yeah. Like, okay, well, Breaking this is really well. logical or what you deem to be logical, right? Because my therapist even said to me, you know, he said it's magical thinking to think that if you get too positive or put things out there that are too positive, that you'll get something negative in return. He's like, you know, positive energy attracts positive energy. <laughs> Logically, you right. know that. Right. It's, and scientifically. Okay. Scientifically. <laughs> that's more more where I was going with it. See, my brain's not as logical. A hundred percent. No, but you're you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Um yeah. And I mean, we, it's, it's just not, you know, societally we've been a little, a little trained, a little programmed to not be like that. Um, and it's, it's easier. It's, it's easier not to question <laughs> yeah. and, and yeah. not to fight against it. Like, I mean, we just said that, but it's, 
it is. It's, it's a constant daily, I would say hourly reminder sometimes where you have to just be like, yeah, you know better than this. So next question. <laughs> I want to yes. tap into my witchy powers. Like I even have it in my family, I know. So, and it's so funny because the family members, some of my family members who naturally practice, you know, certain types of quote unquote witchy things, um, they're they're like, oh no, witch, witches are bad because of the aforementioned mega church upbringing. Right. <laughs> Wow. So anyway, all of that makes me question my ability to like really embrace those powers that I know I possess. So how would you suggest that I start to embrace my natural tendencies? This is this is great because a lot a lot of the people that were accused of being witches when like the European witch trials were going on and even, you know, the American witch trials, it was because they were naturalists. They were either herbalists or, you know, they, they were people that used yeah. the earth and used the natural resources to, to heal themselves and to heal the people around them. And because the church saw that as you're not coming to us. Right to get what you need you can get it yourselves you're damned like you know yeah. you're you're bad right. um so i would say i mean the fact that you know it's in your family that is i mean at some point i would say that you probably just do things and have these kind of tendencies that are are witchy that you don't even realize are are kind of witchy like maybe you make your tea a certain way maybe you tend to your plants a certain way maybe your morning routine or just your self-care routine throughout the day is really intentional uh but focused so really to embrace like your natural tendencies i would just say like kind of make a list of of the things that you do that you do more than once a day. So if you if you hear yourself saying the same thing multiple times a day, maybe write that down. If you go into the kitchen and you make the same thing every day, like one thing you make it every day or whatever, break that down to like the natural level. What is in this? How am I making it? What am I doing? Let's say you're making tea, but you're like very like, like let's say you're making coffee because almost everybody who's a functioning human oh, being I, during the day. Who I want to talk to. <laughs> is using coffee. <laughs> but I mean, literally we have our coffee witches. Like we know we, we oh, wake up. You just spoke to my soul right there. I, I think I'm like, can I be that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say kitchen witch, but I mean, <laughs> coffee witch, that is, that is my soul. Coffee I witches. need to get that on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Coffee witches stand up. <laughs> yeah. I don't wear statement shirts, but if I did, I'd be like coffee witch. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's, that's going to be our new line of merch that comes out. If you're interested, yeah. just let us know. <laughs> Tweet us about it. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Trademark that. <laughs> yes, I know a guy. Um, <laughs> but 100% really just taking taking what we do every day and realizing that 
we're kind of intuitively guided by our ancestors all the time. If we're just listening, the water that was in their bodies has is in our bodies. So those feelings, a lot of the times, you know, we we have these issues where we're like, what is wrong with me? Why do I feel like this? Why am I having such a hard time with this situation or this trauma? What is this? We realize it's not ours and that it may be passed down from someone else in our ancestry and in our legacy. But the thing is, if trauma, if trauma can be passed down, then so can wisdom. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So witchy. And the old witch tales and the old um, like old wives tales that we know about, like some of them are so silly and so, so rooted in just witchcraft, uh, witchcraft practices in divination itself, like pulling cards, like pulling tarot cards. That's complete witchcraft. Our ancestral connections are so much more powerful than we actually give them credit for. And it's almost like, you know, you don't see it. So you don't, do it or you don't recognize it or you don't really give it credit our past is holds our personal past like our lineage past holds so much potential for our own power that it's it's untapped Mm -hmm. it's basically untapped That is such an amazing answer. I was just like, wow, can you say that all again? Um, all right. So, <laughs> I will listen to this again later. I don't usually listen to myself, but I will on this one. So I really want to understand tarot cards, and I cannot wait for yours to get here, finally. Um, <laughs> I have some rudimentary knowledge of them. I may or may not have read them on an, at a New Year's Eve party like 20 years ago. I just read a book right before I did it. So I wasn't, when I say rudimentary, I'm not joking. Um, (laughs) But what would you say to someone who doesn't have a lot of time to learn, but wants to explore, wants to explore the world of tarot? I would say a hundred percent. It is no better time than now to start to learn tarot. We have so much, uh, there's so much more accessible to us at this time now, rather than, you know, even 20 years ago, there wasn't an app that you could get on your phone that could there was no app. <laughs> there was right. There was no apps like for the younger people who are going to listen to this, who may only be like 23, 24, 25 years old, 30 years ago, it was like, um, you want to learn about tarot? Okay, go to the library and see yeah. if they even have a book on it because they might not even have a book depending on where you live because the church <laughs> may have a stronger hold on your community than you realize. Some libraries, especially libraries in the South where I came from, wouldn't carry certain books, any books that right. may have been, you know, demonized or whatever but i i suppose the power of having our phones and the applications that are available for us now to learn tarot if you don't have time learning tarot on your phone with an app that kind of like draws a card for you every day or just kind of starts to tell you about the symbolism because tarot tarot is just a language of sim symbology is that's really what it is is different types of symbols that send you different types of messages. So even down to like the colors in the cards represent different things. So 
I would definitely say if you don't have a lot of time, uh, download an app on your phone to where you really are in control of how much time you can commit to. If you really want to dive in, I would say find an online course. I have an online course that's called the Tarot Tutor that's specifically about why my deck is different um, because my because oracle cards are a little different than tarot cards and in the course I kind of go into that but there are you know there are different types of tarot cards that do different things and some tarot cards aren't specifically uh, some tarot cards are are more oracle cards which are meant to give you some type of information rather than just deliver a symbol or some type of general explanation for you they're really catered uh to be about certain types of energy like angels or animals or oracles or um you know some of the one of the decks that i have is a digital uh it's like graphic design but it's digital art i can't find i can't place the name of it right now but it's like mixed media collages is what it's called so this woman made a melanated tarot deck and she took different melanated people like Nicki minaj kanye michelle obama and put other mixed media onto their face or their lips or their eyes and it is stunning and it is, I've never seen anything like it, but it is one of those, like, it's one of those offshoots of the tarot that it's like someone was guided to be interested in the tarot and then they had their own creative idea and made a completely new form of divination that taps into like modern culture modern society real life issues that are happening now because our original tarot the original symbology is hundreds of years old so it's not that it's not relevant but it's definitely not yeah. current. So it makes me really excited to explore different kinds of tarot decks that I find because everybody is just so creative now. And you can make a tarot deck on your own. You can make a tarot deck um, with a publisher or you can even just make a tarot app. So I would say the easiest way to, and I know we're all so busy, like the easiest way to really do it is your phone. Download an app that resonates with you. Follow your gut, of course, and look at the reviews and the intuition that you feel. Um, But there are plenty of different apps that if you just want to know about the cards or know about, uh, you know, maybe just, maybe you just want like messages for yourself and you don't want to have to physically do the act of pulling a card or getting the cards out or I know my friends have cats and they're like I can't leave anything out because my cat just destroys it and throws all my cards around so (laughs) if you've got animals or children yeah I know right (laughs) animals or children that's me go with the yeah I mean I'm getting your deck regardless but you know I I love this idea of an app and also if you're an app listening to this like an app developer or sponsor this podcast right Uh yes deckable reach out to us (laughs) so the last question you already kind of covered it but I think you can expand a little bit more um how 
can someone who was previously in a cult <laughs> embrace divination? Uh, Did I say that correctly? Divination. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's such a good question. And I'm like, this is probably really hard for a lot of people who have been in cults and experienced the trauma that comes with uh the indoctrination okay. of the cult the separation from society the separation from your family uh you know it, it can be really extreme and it can be very very hard to try to make that connection again with what your body remembers as a traumatic experience um especially when it comes to cults uh i would say take it slow and just try to find that part of yourself that you know is bigger than you, bigger than your flesh, bigger than your skin, bigger than whatever drama or worldly things that are happening to you. Um, start there and just start slow. Uh, I would definitely say don't try to don't try to throw yourself into a bunch of different divination practices because you want to separate yourself from uh, your previous experience, because some of the practices that are divinatory practices are used in cults to manipulate people. Um, and it, I mean, that that's a whole episode. Of yes, you know, thought. when you said that, um, it just made me think about <laughs> this book I have about witchcraft. And it said that you can like put your hand on a pentagram, like a picture, different colors, and then say the, you know, what do you say? What do you call it? <laughs> say, you know, like a, right? like a, uh, like a prayer. Yeah, something, or something like that. Like you repeat this. Whatever. Like an invocation, right, right? I was going to say incantation, yeah. but that doesn't sound right. Oh yeah, yeah, that does sound right. Yeah, like an invocation right. or an incantation. Yeah, and, and to me, yeah. that that just brought back mentally, you know, being in the mega church and having the pastors like touch the Bibles and be like, "I'm blessing this Bible," yeah. or you know, "I'm blessing your head," or I'm like and stuff like that. And you're like, "Uh, what? <laughs> yeah." <laughs> You're like, excuse yeah, me? Yeah, like, you're not God. Um. <laughs> right. <laughs> or right. goddess. <laughs> and that, right, exactly. Exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely think that, and, and that, that, you have to be very, I would say the best thing to, uh, the best thing for someone who's previously been in a cult to embrace divination is discernment have discernment if you come up on someone that is into you know if you are leaving a cult and you're trying to get into like more spiritual aspects of things just use discernment be very aware that the types of people that <laughs> that make the cult are also infiltrating other parts of culture there are the same people in yoga there are those same people in spirituality just use discernment and if something doesn't feel right like you knew when you were little and you had when we have these experiences in church that we were like whoa something doesn't something feels weird yeah listen to it listen to it i cannot say that enough just listen to yourself that is the most important thing that you can do over anybody else don't seek out someone else's opinion of how you feel 
If you feel that something is off and you're like, well, I don't really know about this form of divination. I don't really know about these tarot cards or this or that or the other, because there can be, can be tarot cards that have been made with someone's malicious intent. Like there are, you know, just like there are these aspects of religion and culture and this like toxic um, spirituality that uh, those are not exclusive, like exclusive to just religion. Um, they are everywhere. So I would definitely say just <laughs> use discernment and listen to your gut yeah, as much as you can. Advice. Especially with someone so young like you, you're just so wise. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. I'm like, yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how. I mean, obviously, this, obviously, some wisdom from my ancestors has been bleeding through. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you so much for teaching me so much today. Always. It is such a pleasure to talk with you and to you. And I'm so grateful that you had this idea to bring this this series to life. So I'm really excited to answer more questions. If we've said anything that you guys, uh, that sparked some questions that made you think a little bit, send questions in. You can reach out. Oh, to, yes. What do you they, say, Diana? At Diana at yourhighnesspodcast.org. My email. Perfect. Yes. You're listening to Your Highness Podcast. I'm your host, Diana Crash. And today I am joined by the lovely Tiffany Watkins of Vanguard Media and LC Coaching Success. How are you doing today, Tiffany? I am doing awesome. Thank you. Happy to be here. I'm so happy you're here. Um, and if I don't sound like it, it's just because I am a little bit slow on the uptake today, but <laughs> I am here. Um, so we're going to start this episode as we do every episode with our fave pot, fave not pots. And I'm going to start with my fave pot. Um, so I'm trying to take a little break from combustibles and just lean on edibles. Um, so I've been using Curios Mango Ginger um, gummies. I don't know. I guess they're called gummies. I don't know what they call them, but that's what mm-hmm. they look like. They're very good. They're delicious and they, they are fast acting and they don't make me groggy. So they're a hit in my book. Um, what's your fave pot right now, Tiffany? Right now, um, same as you, you know, I do like things I can uh, consume sometimes without uh, smoking and um, everyone knows that I love tea. So of course I've been drinking a lot of tea this mm-hmm. week and my favorite is um especially at any point during the day is wagon wheel um teas that are um a good potency cbd right mm. out of oregon washington um and also some of their cbd flower been making some really cool edibles so they have been not only tasty um because those who have heard me before know i like to cook the sweet stuff they're not only tasty but they were potent and really relaxing so that's wow you right said now. that's wagon wheel yes wagon wheel mm-hmm. nice i have to check that out i love tea <laughs> I'm dying to try CBD tea. I, I don't know why. I have it like on my list to buy sometime, but I'm just like, I, I feel like it's a little bit of a luxury for some reason. 
I guess it's a luxury in the sense of self-care. You're, yes, yeah. I would say yes, for sure. But there's nothing wrong with that, as I'm learning in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to talk about my fave knot pot, which actually was sent to me with the intention of being pot related. And it has the word pot on it. It's called uh, Pottery with a Purpose. They sent me their pinch pot pottery kit. Oh, nice. So I was sent this kit from Pottery with a Purpose. They sent me their pinch pot pottery kit. That's a mouthful. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> they told me that it was um, for making my own chillum or my own one hitter. But as we just discussed, I am not really smoking that much these days. So I'll probably make, I don't know, a coffee cup or a flower pot. Um, <laughs> it's really cool. It comes with, uh, clay for one to two people. They gave you all the carving tools that you need and a sponge and paint and glaze. And, uh, you can make whatever you want with it. And they, um, source all of their materials from local small businesses. And, um, they give away a portion of the proceeds to a nonprofit. So it's, uh, it has a couple of good uses here. <laughs> I like that. It's a really cool idea. I have to find a place that will let me use their kiln. But uh, other than that, it's really a great idea. <laughs> so what's your fave knot pot? Um, my fave knot pot is, um, is candles and they're specific candles. Most people know that I am the secretary of the board of Affinity Patient Advocacy, which is a nonprofit organization that's coupled with uh, a few different other companies to advocate for patients. And we advocate for patients through perpetual telemonitoring systems, um, you know, patches, clinical research and study, cannabinoid research and study, and nutraceuticals. And we use our candles as a fundraiser ongoing. And so wow. these, these um, candles are like, there's women's health candle, there's mental health, there's a affinity um, bio partners. It's headed by Christina D'Archangelo and started because of her father's health journey. And so there's also a line for her father called Captain D'Arc. So there's a hard hat soap and there's lotions and things like that and a whiskey glass candle because he was notorious for having a little glass of whiskey. And, um, you know, I really love the aromas of the candle. The, the, the aromatherapy you get, whether you burn the candle or not, and I really enjoy that. They're slow burning. And so that is my fave knot pot right now. That sounds amazing. Where can people find that? People can find that at affinitypatientadvocacy.org forward slash shop or just click shop at the top. That's amazing. You're always pointing out such meaningful items when you come on here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to order a candle uh, because I have a, a bit of a candle addiction myself. <laughs> oh, goodness, I know. I, if it's not candles, it's those little uh, wax cubes for the for the burners. I, I, I just, yeah, I love oh. those. <laughs> I love those too, but my cats, they like to get into too many things. Uh -oh. <laughs> As it is, I already have a hard time with the candles. I have to keep them like in very specific spots. Ah. <laughs> uh, so... 
switching gears a bit. So, Tiffany, if anyone has been following this series uh, for a while, <laughs> we're following you more likely. <laughs> <laughs> they know that you like to have conversations and that you're willing to talk about pretty much anything, which is what I really love about you. Um, and when I think about the conversations that you have, I think about the Bridges Conversations series, which I think is so important. And I am just so thankful that you're doing the work with Ms. Kindness and Tokativity. Can you talk about what the Bridges series is and why it was created? Sure. Yeah. And I absolutely love my work what I, that I do with those ladies, Ms. Kindness and Tokativity. Um, Bridges is their courageous conversations about race, equity, and inclusion. And what we're doing is we're challenging the norm. We're having conversations that build bridges that give information to both sides. We realize that, uh, and, and really this is born from tokativity and miskindness. And I was brought in um, to, to help further the conversation and give another um, point of view. But initially, I think the idea was to, to bridge that gap that people have between race and and kind of culture. There's so much that some people don't know on either side. And so we can fill that gap with courage and information. We know we can bring both sides closer. And so that's what we do. You definitely do that. And when you said to, they brought you in for another point of view, it made me think, it leads right into my next question. But I think that that point of view is that you're willing to say exactly what is on your mind without being offensive or um, combative, for lack of a better word. You just say exactly what you mean and you don't um, bury it in a lot of other fluff, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why I love watching you in the Bridges series because you really bring that energy where you're like, let's be honest, let's be non-judgmental, let's, you know, really have real conversation. Um, and so uh, in that in that vein, um, what are some of your favorite conversation topics that you've covered over the uh, the lifetime of this series? You know, we've recorded a few. And I don't know that I can say that there's one that is my favorite, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I think what I really enjoy the most is when we do get real and it takes a little bit of time. If I'm frank, it takes a second for everybody to kind of slough off the facade of, you know, I, oh, I, here's what I know and what I understand. And this is what I feel to really get into the raw portion of it. And that is the judgment. That's the bias. These are the things that we're trying to get rid of, but we have to slough off the shell first before we're able to dig in deep enough to make changes. And I think that I have enjoyed every single time that we have really dropped that facade and been able to open up eyes right there on stage or in our audience um, and really get our points across and really hear what they have to say. I think that um, second to that, my favorite is the questions that come in. I can tell from the questions that we receive during recording that or when someone has really gotten down to the raw piece and has the courage to ask the question. 
because sometimes these questions, uh, you know, if, if not in the right context, people can get a little bit, Ooh, I don't know if I want to talk about that, but they're like, I'm going to, I'm just going to ask. And I give honest answers. Miss Kindness gives honest answers. And I think that it really, really helps us push this forward. So it's all my favorite, Diana. It's all my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, it's all about pushing past that initial gut reaction of being defensive or feeling defensive, feeling like you're being attacked in some kind of a way. And and that's what I love about it so much because it pushes past that uh it's difficult. Like you said, it takes a minute. And I don't know if we'll ever really be fully there on in a virtual way, right? It's kind of hard, I think. There's already some kind of disconnect built in there. Um, but <laughs> you're doing it anyway. There's a little bit of a safety in being virtual and having these conversations that people can look on in their own space and kind of examine their own mindset in their in their private space and with safety. And then when That's they can true. apply these things in time to their networks outside of home or outside of their, their offices or wherever they're viewing in from. So, um, you know, I think that, and, and that's another part that we do, we give, um, you know, action items. These are things that you can do. Take back to your community, ask questions. So I think it is very helpful in that way. Yes, action items are everything because I think that that is a lot of what everyone struggles with. That what do I do? What can I do? Um, and educating yourself is it goes beyond reading books and articles. Um, I know that seems obvious, but it's not for some people. You know, I mean, I'm still learning that myself. It's like you think things are a certain way. <laughs> you learn so much from people. Yeah, absolutely. That's why we're all here together, right? Um, so you've been co-hosting and producing this series uh, for a long time. How do you guys come up with the, the topics for the Bridges uh, series? I think, you know, we, we have uh, production meetings where we kind of brainstorm. And uh, through our conversations, we have organic conversations, the group of us. And uh, these these conversations are diverse because we're a diverse group of individuals. And I think from that, the ideas are born. And there's so much going on socially out there in the world that we can always find a way to make a, to, to have a topic that is applicable to what's going on in everyone's environment. So we're really um, lucky that we have each other and in this group to be able to brainstorm like this and come up with these wonderful ideas um, that are quite courageous and, um, and sometimes even a little shocking. Right. Aren't you doing one um, coming up soon about white privilege? We are. We do have one coming up uh, about white privilege. We've got one coming up about uh, colorism and we're actively looking for persons to be able to um, apply to come on to those and film with us. Awesome. So what still surprises you about the cannabis industry? You've been in this space for a very long time um, and you've done a lot of different things. So <laughs> I'm sure there's still a lot on that list, but um, if you could narrow it down, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so what still surprises me Um I think that what surprises me the most right now 
is the lack of understanding about the true community of cannabis. Everyone's kind of got their take. They say cannabis community in one sector and they want to talk about the traditional markets, the, you know, the behaviors that go along with street sales and all that stuff. And then you talk to another sector and they say the cannabis community and they're talking about business and the high finance and, and things like that. And then there's those of us in the center, those of us in the middle who really truly believe that this plant is for the people, the true community of the plant. So, you know, and that's fighting for change, stigma, social justice, equity, all those things encompass the community. And what I feel has really been lost and muddled is the true definition of that. The true definition of community is helping each other and healing each other, not seeing who can beat the other one in business or make the most money. Um, right. You know, and I'm not naive. I know that 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 we need we need funds and things like that. But when we talk about oh the cannabis community, I feel there's just been a lot lost there that we right. really need to bring back and apply that to our business, apply that to and, and respect our traditional marketplace. And stop equating it with crime because there has been a lot of crime. There has been. And you know that everything, cannabis included, has been involved in that crime. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about the true healing community and the tradition of cannabis in our country. And so I just think that, you know, we talk a lot about business and, um, you know, and money. And we're not talking enough about the people. And that's my biggest surprise is that we've come this far but not quite far enough. Right. I think that over the oversaturation of this space has caused people who didn't even want to go after influence and, um, you know, follower count and all of that, they've been kind of forced to in a way, if that makes sense. And I think that's kind of a kind of like pushing the community aspect even further and further away. If that if that makes sense at all. Like when I started this podcast, I spoke to a lot of people who were doing small batch things in their homes and, um, and it was all very grassroots. And now it seems like it's more about who's your audience and what's your platform and how many people pay attention to you. Anyway, <laughs> tell us about your new business. Ah, my my newest little thing that I'm that I'm running headlong into is LC Coaching Success, um, and I'm happy to talk about it. And uh, thank you for asking. Um, you know, I have been an educator, and I actually I'm still an educator and a coach and a mentor uh, on and off for the last two and a half decades, and it's always something that I come back to because. Well, the people ask for it. People ask me for my opinion. They ask me for help on projects, which I give all the time. I even volunteer a lot of my time um, to educate and to mentor. Um, and so I just decided that, you know, this is something that I can, I, I can make this more widespread if I just dig back into it. So I reopened. And so LC Coaching Success is a program that is designed to help people stay motivated, accountable. I provide guidance. Um, you know, I let people know that the struggles are real, but you can get over them. And you and, and I give you the tools to do that. 
Um, the biggest the biggest ticket on my on my site is the Manifest Your Success Masterclass. And then, you know, with this particular program, I help people find their purpose with four aspects. I do it in four segments. Rediscover your value, find out what your why and purpose is, set your goals, get organized, and then launch. Get out there and make it happen. And so, you know, I, I'm just really excited to be able to provide this for folks because it's been asked for so many times and I'm in a place in my life where I, I can do it for them. And I'm just, I'm super excited about it. That's amazing. So is this for people who are like entrepreneurs or pretty much anyone? This is for pretty much anyone because it can be applied to business, life, relationships, parenting, work. And I, I give people tools to use in all those environments. It's really about getting yourself to the next level. We have levels in life. And people overuse get to the next level. Well, what does it really mean? If you don't know what that means for you specifically, you will never reach it. So I'd like to let people know. That is very intriguing. <laughs> like, I don't think I'm at that level. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get to the next level. <laughs> <laughs> So before we go, are there any future events or announcements regarding Vanguard Media Online? Um, well, for Vanguard Media Online, we are halfway through our year. Everybody knows we do six. Um, we do six publications a year. We're halfway through the year. So anyone who would like to submit stories or answer our questionnaire to have a Q&A um, published in the magazine, just reach out to us on Instagram by hitting contact or contact us directly at info at vanguardmediaonline.com. We also, I've been working on this retreat, which we should have this year, Dates TBD, um, and I, I plan to have a lot of fun. So definitely folks reach out about that. Um, also, I am, we are, like I said earlier about Bridges, we are definitely looking for people to come on and be with us on the show and have these courageous conversations. So it would be great if you reached out to project-bridges.com. That would be great. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. And please come back again anytime, Tiffany. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Until next time, stay high and beautiful. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram at Your Highness Podcast or on Twitter at Highness Podcast. Be sure to rate us on iTunes and subscribe.